Hey everybody, this is Random Chatterings episode 30! Woo! I'm Marlo Rodriguez. <laughs> Rodriguez, and my special guest today is... Me! Hi, <laughs> uh, I, uh, howdy everybody, I'm Elvis Kunish, uh, and I'm uh, the host of the Tom Hanks Giving Podcast. Awesome, how are you doing? How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. I, I gotta say, uh, I don't know, I don't know if it's like every single episode, but the, the little theme music you have that kind of just fades in. Yeah. I don't know what, what it's from or anything, if it's an original, but I really like it. It's pleasant. Oh, thank you. Uh, um, I, I, it's, it's great. Uh, you should give my thanks to my, who's been on the guest before, uh, Sergei Turchin. He composed Turkin, maybe it's Turkin actually, because he's Ukrainian. I always say Turchin, but he doesn't, never corrects me. So Turchin. Turkin. I'll say Turkin. I don't know. <laughs> he, okay. com- he he composed, sounds great. He composed the music for my um, two episode web series called Akurarle, <laughs> and I'm repurposing it for this podcast because I felt like it would be a it'd be a nice um, um, tone setting or whatever. It, it, yeah, like, I, like it, for something, it works really well. It reminds me of the uh, the track that plays when you're in Mario Kart 64 when you lose the race, <laughs> but, it's, but it's just kind of like. Duh. So it's not like upset music. It's like everything's okay. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna try again. I don't know why. It just reminded me of that. But I like it. Awesome. I and um, I love your um, your theme song, the new theme song for Tom Hanks Giving. That oh, is... I'm so happy. That's our our, uh, our good friend uh, collaborator, uh, Greg Krajewski. He uh, does all the music for our show, and the new theme song just knocked it out of the park. <laughs> yeah, I, I've have it. I've had it stuck in. My, well, I've, I've had the Rough Riders in the Sky song. Um, I think it's Rough Riders in the, in the Sky yeah. from Toy Story Two. I've been having that stuck in my head, but then sometimes I supplant the lyrics with the Tom Hanks giving lyrics. <laughs> That's perfect. That's all we want to do is just every time you watch Toy Story Two, you now think of this podcast. <laughs> That's the goal. <laughs> Speaking of which, um, yeah. What is Tom Hanks giving about? Um, I mean, you could probably, you could probably guess, but I mean, rather have a person. <laughs> well, well it's it. it's about a lot more than you think. Uh, <laughs> actually, the Tom Hanks giving for me started uh, before it was a podcast. Started as an actual holiday, one I still celebrate, uh, and that started when I was in college. And a few of my friends were like, "That's awesome." We don't want to, we don't want to have to spend the money to go back home for Thanksgiving and then for. Uh, Christmas holiday break uh, uh, and it's so close together it's like it should be one or the other and most people are going to opt for the the traditional winter New Year's Christmas Hanukkah time holiday break uh, so it's like well what are we going to do over Thanksgiving break if we're not going anywhere and uh, it just became this idea let's let's get all our friends together uh, and we'll instead of Thanksgiving we'll have Tom Hanksgiving and we'll just <laughs> marathon Tom Hanks movies all day eat a bunch of food and uh that's the and what was beautiful about that is because a tom hanks has so many different movies b uh he's got so because he has so many different movies there will always be different things to watch every year uh and then uh c he's done so many different kinds of movies that there's at least one movie of his that everybody in the crowd is gonna like uh like you might not like every movie he does but one of his movies you'll be a fan absolutely He's got such incredible. This is the part where I swoon, like, oh, he's got <laughs> such range. Like he, like he, he's been in. I mean, I I'd like to say like most of the movies he's been in, I've, I've been a fan of. I haven't seen as he's, many he, movies as you have, though. Right. I mean, and I still haven't seen all of them. That's part of the podcast too. Is <laughs> when when we we lo- I loved it as a holiday, but uh, when I was kind I was kind of itching to do another podcast or start something that had more regular content. Uh, and um, Tom Thanksgiving was such a wonderful thing that I celebrate. It was like, I wish I could bring this to everybody, uh, everybody, and do it every week. And that's kind of where the idea came from. So now every week we talk about a new Tom Hanks movie, and I have a different guest on, and we just kind of go through the movie, talk about his performances. And most of them, obviously, as you just said, most of his movies are great. Some of them aren't so great, but those lead to fascinating discussions. And even Definitely. when the... And, even in the movies that aren't so great, he's delivering a great performance. He he kind of gives it all, his all every time. I'm just, well, what? Apologies. There was an episode I think where it was like you you hated the movie and the other guys like was it Bachelor Party? 
Bachelor, yeah, that's the one movie, like, there's a couple movies where are like, yeah, this is at the bottom of my list, but, like, Bachelor Party, oh, that's, <laughs> that was a hard one for me to watch. It's just a, it's just a, a bunch of very immature dude humor, uh, <laughs> fart jokes and whatnot, and, and I can really enjoy that stuff if they're executed smartly, but this movie looks like it was shot by, like, it looks like the people behind it were, were drunk and not paying any attention. It's so <laughs> poorly made. That like I mean because like uh, what sausage party just came out and I was that was kind of a, that. yeah a, a goofy fart joke kind of movie but I thought it was smart and well made and I was able to enjoy it right but bachelor party was just like this is just mean spirited this is just lazy humor and like the laziest of uh, filmmaking not that it's easy to make a film on any on any circumstances absolutely which is something we always talk about. like it's always hard as a because I'm I'm a a budding filmmaker and amateur filmmaker however you want to put it Uh, i've made some stuff but uh (laughs) it's always hard to criticize others when you know that even making this the worst thing yeah is an incredibly hard and taxing experience and you want to absolutely acknowledge that work so that's why we i really try to if we do criticize it's trying to criticize the movie not the people behind it but you know sometimes that just comes across uh but now I've just been raving again about Bachelor Party, which is not what I intend to do. Uh, most episodes, uh, we look into, we have like, interesting questions, we come up with weird theories, like we did one on Sleepless in Seattle, and that movie, when you think about it, is actually kind of like a horror movie, because hmm. Meg Ryan is basically stalking this single man and his child. She flies across the country just to look at him. It's so creepy when you think about it like that. Like, if this was a guy doing it, th- if this was a man doing this to a woman... Instant restra- uh, restraining disorder, Absolutely. or instant restraining order. It's it's terrifying. It's totally a crime. Oh my gosh! Uh, but what's uh, so you love Tom Hanks too? I mean, that's the thing. I've only met one person who adamantly says he doesn't like Tom Hanks, and I feel like he's just doing it to be a contrarian. <laughs> uh, but uh, you like Tom Hanks. What's what's some of your f- favorite Hanks pictures? <sighs> Cliche to say this, but Toy Story, the whole whole trilogy. That's, I mean, that's always at the top of my list, so it's it's a cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason, because they're so damn There's good. just, he's such a natural. It's not even that he's a natural, it just feels like there's not many times when, and I've been paying attention, I can't talk. I've been paying attention to this a lot more because I've been watching a lot more movies and I'm trying to be critical about them. Like, you know, like sometimes I'll, for the, if I say, oh, I like this movie for the podcast, I'll take notes on it. Um, but I feel like some movies, it feels like, in animated movies, it feels like there's a character on screen, and there's like there's being I'm being the animated character voice, and it's like that could be anybody. But with yeah. Tom Hanks, as, as Woody especially, there's so much development in his in his character. Not not just in the first one, which I mean, in the realm of I, I know that this is going to be a controversial statement. I think the first one is my favorite of all of them. I think I th- I it's think the it's... most consistent. It is no, I don't think that's controversial at all. I think most people would agree. Toy Story one is the best. I would. Well, it seems like most people say Toy Story two or Toy Story three are the best. I I rarely meet a, a fellow Toy Story two fan. I mean, <laughs> obviously they love it, but yeah, no, I love favorite. it too. Uh, I think three is only like when you ask the uh, a slightly younger crowd because it's maybe something they grew up with and it's a little bit more. Uh, I don't know. There's more characters to it. I think, but I think you're right that the first one is the best. It's the most solid storytelling. Yeah, absolutely. But I let's see what else Hanks movies have I seen. I've seen because there's still like a lot of them I need to see myself. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen I, I've seen Catch Me If You Can. Um, great film. Oh, that's that's great. Um, I wanted to see Bridge of Spies when it was in theaters, but I ugh, didn't get a chance to see it. Um, there's a lot of Hanks movies coming out this year actually uh, that yeah. will be in theaters, so you should definitely check them out. Because I guess the thing, like the sad thing, is we're on the uh, the nadir of it, or not the nadir, but uh, we're on the uh, the downside of his uh, his career now. Yeah. He's not making as many movies, so now's the time to go see him in the theater. Absolutely. But he's got he's got three coming out. He's got Sully. He's got uh, another one with Meg Ryan that looks to be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Inferno, which is just the balls out. Looks again to be super cheesy. Uh, oh, that's the conclusion to the Da Vinci Code wow. trilogy. Yeah, I can't wait to see that because I just don't think, like, we didn't really, we had a lot to say about the Da Vinci Code and not, <laughs> um, not a lot of it was kind, so I'm kind of oh, wondering how, how Inferno turns out. 
Oh, I'm trying to think of uh, Tom Hanks movies I like, and I can't think of other ones. I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of them, but I can't think of them. But um, Toy this Story is terrible <laughs> for, for, for the air. <laughs> no, it's fine because I think I think you can just. I mean, you can be impressed enough with an actor's ability, and, and like, see, here's the thing. Um, if there was a podcast, let's say, like Tom Cruise giving or something, I would kind of scoff at it. Cruise thinking, control. Or, cruise control. Oh, that's perfect. I'm sure that's a podcast already. <laughs> um, We've made that joke before about like <laughs> p- potential spinoffs. But go ahead, make your point. Make your point. <laughs> but for some reason, like Tom Hanks giving, that just made sense to me because I know how many movies he's been in. I know how, um, like, I know that the path he's gone on, like, I feel like I've seen, like, some of his, um, guest appearances in some sitcoms. I know he he mm-hmm. did start in some sitcoms and now he's doing more dramatic films and sometimes he occasionally dives back into comedy. But, um, it feels like it's just like that natural progression of an actor. I cast away. That was another one I saw. It was ca- cast away. Cast away is great. It's, it's all Hanks. He's the only person is, in that movie. Wow, you're absolutely right. I mean, well, you I mean, get Helen Hunt for a second, but uh, yeah. <laughs> and like that's when I, I mean, when I heard about your podcast, because I think this was at the time I was starting to like, like look at people in, in the Potter family, just like, you know, what kind mm-hmm. of podcast are people doing? And I found about yours, and I thought that is absolutely perfect, and I'm going to listen to every episode right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just... Especially, I mean, if we're going to go back to Toy Story, just so that we can really dive into the Tam- Tom Hanks For love, sure. it's just, I think someone kind of made this made this um, comment about Inside Out, how there isn't exactly a villain in Inside Out, that maybe the main character is the villain. There isn't, there isn't really a villain in Toy Story either, which is interesting. I mean, there is, like, I think some people have said that Woody is the villain, but he isn't... Like, we understand his motivations, we understand why he acts the way around Buzz, we understand why he's insecure about his position, like, he's been the top dog for this much time, and all of a sudden, like, someone just takes it, wants to take it away from him, but it doesn't, but it's like, that other person doesn't know that he wants to take it away from him. It's yeah. like, it's not even, that's not even his prerogative, it's just, oh, I'm just, I'm a space ranger, and I'm suddenly among all these weird toys, they're nice, but they're kind of weird, and I'm just trying to do my thing, I'm trying to get back into space. <laughs> so... It's like the dichotomy of like someone who's kind of rational minded, but yet still kind of a, but still kind of emotional, and then the logical minded person. Um, well, not why well not the logical minded? You know, like the person who has the directive, and that's yeah. how he focuses. Like Buzz, that's how he focuses himself. But he's so focused on that that he kind of feels like he's the the weird one. Yeah. And just I just especially watch, watch, I haven't actually seen that movie in a while. Um, now that I'm talking to you, I'm probably going to see it again, maybe like tonight. <laughs> just to, for, you should. For old time's sake. It's the kind of movie you put on, you can't stop oh, it. easily. But watch the whole thing. Easily. But now I'm also thinking about the, the, the strength of the voice cast alone. Like, we have Don mm-hmm. Rickles, we have like John Ratzenberger, we have Wallace Shawn, um, Eddie Potts. Potts. Yeah. Just, just like, I mean. Even small parts, like the mom is Laurie Metcalf. She's great. Oh, definitely. Uh... I'm thinking now. I'm thinking of Toy Story 2, but I love Wayne Knight as the collector. <laughs> yes. He's so good. Um, and of course, my uh, my all-time second favorite actor, uh, Kelsey Grammer from Frasier yeah. fame, uh, plays the prospector, Stinky Pete, I who I would say is my f- one of my top favorite villains of all time. Definitely, He's so good. Uh, but to go back to your point about Toy Story One and how it's uh, there's not like a specific villain. Some people will say. Uh, like Sid, maybe, but he's more an obstacle kind of right. villain. He's not really uh, the you know the main problem that Woody faces. And I think what makes a movie like Toy Story beloved by so many people of all ages and stand up over time uh, the way it has, uh, besides just being a great story, is it has a really mature. Uh, look at how I said that so pretentiously. <laughs> a mature. <laughs> But but it has a mature conflict at, at its and a very uh, real adult personal one Absolutely. and it, that goes through all three movies. But um, uh, the fact that you kind of said before Woody is his own villain, it's really more the antagonist to his relationship is is Buzz. But none of them are like bad guys. Mm-hmm. But it's really about Woody's insecurity mm-hmm. and all th- throughout every three every single film in the trilogy, it's about Woody's insecurity and that makes him such a 
relatable guy. And in that first movie, especially, he's so he does some things that are really despicable. Absolutely. But I think because you get an actor in there like Tom Hanks, you you both understand him and you still love him, despite Absolutely. the fact that he's kind of a dick in the first movie. Definitely. I mean, the, my favorite moment, and it has to be every... All right, well, okay, no, no, no. Hold on. Let me retract my statement. My favorite moment has to be, you are a toy! I was yeah. about to say my favorite moment, although I would say this is my second favorite moment, is when he just, um, <laughs> boss, look at Alien, where? Ah! <laughs> he does that! Fucking nails it! He's so good. I would like to think that he just did that in one take, and they and like the Pixar, like John Lasseter thing was directing that. I would like to think, mm-hmm. uh, Tom, can you do that laugh again and a little bit differently? It's like, I got, I did it perfectly the first time. I don't need to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> nah, yeah. From what I've heard, with uh, especially with Toy Story recording, Hanks gives like every possible iteration that you could want uh, for the voice. Like, there's that scene where he goes, um, "No, no, no, no." <laughs> when the uh, the is it when the car pulls away? Or, yeah, I, th- I, I it's no, not no, no, that moment. Oh. The, the moving truck, the moving truck. Yes, when the match goes out, the match. Yes, um, he's like no, 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 and he has that. No. Apparently, like that was he gave them so many no's, and it was supposed to be just one. <laughs> they strung them all together in editing, and it's like this is how you build a perfect Tom Hanks performance. You use all of it. That's beautiful. That is yeah. just like that's because I've seen this movie. I mean. It might be fair to say, and I don't mean to make this the Thomas the, the, the Toy Story podcast. All of a sudden, we're going to move on to more things. I actually want to hear a little bit more about your filmmaking, the film, the, the films you've made. But for sure, just quickly, just thinking about how you could just have the clue say no, and then Tom Hanks, of course, it gives you like that. I didn't know we could do so much with no. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's that's the thing. Uh, and to go to uh, another movie we recently did, which is kind of a. a it's not a joke episode, but it's a funny episode because it's the Simpsons movie yes, and he's in it for yeah. all 12 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, th- but that movie really goes to show what you get. I mean, it makes the joke, but it's what you get when you cast Tom Hanks. Is, uh, he-, he says in that, in his fake on-screen role, the, the American government has run out of c- credibility, so they're trading on some of mine. <laughs> and that's kind of true. A- anytime you cast Tom Hanks, he comes with... Uh, a built-in sense of warmth and likability. Oh, so absolutely. when you have a small part, but you need a, a fully-fledged character, you kind of just paint Tom Hanks over. Sometimes it's not the most nuanced performance, but it makes the role so much more resonant. And uh, when you need, specifically for a character to be uh, likable, but he's kind of a despicable guy, mm-hmm. you see this in a lot of, you know, Toy Story, but a lot of his more earlier stuff too, like uh, uh, The Burbs or... Turner and Hooch, or um, uh, what was that other movie? Um, Dragnet. The Great Unseen. Uh, well, not Dragnet a little bit. Uh, he's he's a little bit more the the fun guy compared to Dan Aykroyd in that one. Right. Uh, but uh, Volunteers, a great example mm. of he's kind of a douche, but you like him so much, and a lot of that is just casting Tom Hanks. Yeah. Uh, which is another reason why I think he's a great person to base a podcast around and also to kind of get into another thing you wanted to talk about um he as a celebrity and as a as a actor in Mm -hmm. public consciousness is like the nicest guy oh yeah no one can say a bad thing like he you know a lot of really talented movie stars or something and you know not to shit talk anybody but (laughs) they're like um they can be kind of assholes mm. or selfish or and like narcissistic. Yeah, and I mean narcissistic and, and like and part of it's like, well, of course they're gonna be upset because like there's constantly paparazzi around them, they're in this weird echo chamber. Absolutely. There's a lot of reasons why. Right. But Tom Hanks consistently seems like the nicest, sweetest guy. And <laughs> he's super talented. That's why I think he has to be celebrated, because he's someone we can really look up to. Absolutely. He I think him um I think he might be my favorite actor, maybe behind um, Robert De Niro in his Golden Age and uh, Orson Welles. I think he's that. Absolutely. He's that. He, no, I mean, when he goes, it'll be. The, I might cry. I we can't on. talk about that. I don't want to talk like, about it now. Let's not bring that. Up. Let's not bring that up. Because we'll have to do an episode, and I don't want to do that episode. Oh, it's going to be bad. No one wants to do uh, that. No, episode, no. Man. He's got. He's got many years ahead of him. <laughs> um, many more performances too. Absolutely, which is exciting. Uh, but yeah, uh, he's, he's definitely my favorite actor. And like, I love an actor, obviously the most, when you're talking about actors specifically, first and foremost is 
their ability, their talent, their movies they pick. But I think it's uh, it's an extra piece when it's like, oh, this is a person who I can I can really get behind too. In yeah. in real life, they're they're an upstanding citizen. They're 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 just nice. <laughs> Tom Hanks is a perfect role model because like I feel like uh, especially with the state of masculinity at this day and age, Absolutely, it's like yeah. so it can grow so toxic. And it's like, who do we look up to? Who's like, you know, a good man's man, but also not a <laughs> douchebag. And I feel like Tom Hanks is a perfect uh, focal point. Like, we should all be a little bit more like Tom Hanks. Absolutely. Um, right. So you mentioned you are a you're a budding filmmaker. Uh, I feel like that's a, I should have just, you know, said I'm a filmmaker. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I make videos. I write and direct. Uh, I produce a lot of stuff. Um, I uh, made a web series when I was in college called The Windy City. That's on my website, splotstudios.com. Uh, that's that was kind of like let's just make something everybody's always like let's make something that's based around our lives yeah. but i think whenever they do that they have a tendency to glorify their lives <laughs> i did the same i did the same thing but the opposite uh where it was like i just want to make a show where it makes me the shittiest person you've ever met <laughs> and the worst roommate and we kind of took a note from uh, The Office was really popular that around then. So right. we were like, let's make it a mockumentary. But instead of having a film crew that's supposedly filming me, we'll just have my roommate be a, in the story, a film uh, student. And he's for a documentary project. It's just one camera guy. And he participates <laughs> in the story following me around. Uh, and that's, that's, uh, I mean, that was several years ago we finished that project, but that was wonderful. We even ended up doing a, an animated Christmas special <laughs> for the show. Um, awesome. but, uh, since then I've made a lot of shorts out here when I moved to Los Angeles, uh, and I worked at Buzzfeed. I still work there in a freelance capacity, but, uh, I was producing video content for there for a while. Very cool. That was a lot of fun getting, uh, a lot of pictures out there seen to, a much bigger audience. Yeah. And, uh, you know, right now I'm just trying to f find, uh, I'm trying to move away from short stuff, maybe do another series, maybe do a feature, mm. but, uh, looking into bigger and more exciting projects. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what was your show scripted or not, or improvised? Well, with the windy city, what we did was, um, it started as like, it was never intended to be a show and we just like it was literally the pilot was like a 15 minute video i sent for my parents because the <laughs> first year in college i had kind of a rough year i didn't have great roommates i was mm -hmm. kind of depressed a lot yeah uh but the second year i took a camera or i actually they bought a camera that took video and it was it wasn't like a, a video camera it was a really crappy digital camera that happened to have a video function. Yeah. So the worst quality possible. But I stole that from them. And I'm like, I'm going to use this to send you a video to show you I'm doing okay my sophomore year in college. Um, but I also thought that would be really stupid to show them the video like, hey, mom and dad, this is me. This is my room. These are my roommates. Aren't they nice? I have friends now. It's all cool. So I was like, I'm going to send them this video to know I'm doing well, but I'm going to make the content to the video. Everybody hates me. So... <laughs> So it's funny, which is, that was a fun thing to shoot. And it was like this stupid little thing. And everybody's like, oh, we should do another one. And then it kind of spiraled into this thing. And we never really wrote those episodes. It was just kind of like, I walked in and I was like, oh, we'll make it like uh, Curb where it's like, this is what's going to happen, but right. we won't script out a dialogue. Curb being Curb Your Enthusiasm. Sorry for the colloquialism. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, because we kept enjoying it, we're like, well, let's try and make this a real thing. So we decided to do 10 episodes and the first six were all structured and storied out, but mm -hmm. we didn't write dialogue. And then the last half of the show was all scripted because at that point uh, I knew the writing could be could be better, but also we developed the characters. It's like I knew exactly how to write every character, which was all kind of based on ourselves anyway. Yeah, but yeah. Again, like the worst or most despicable versions, sort of <laughs> like a, a, what I imagine Always Sunny went through in their first show. Oh, season. yeah. Oh, I need to see more of that show. I've only seen three episodes, and I'm in love with it. I need to see more. It's a fantastic show. Um, not not, and I, I bring invite the comparison not to say that you will like the Windy City as much as Always Sunny. Obviously, it's a professionally made television show <laughs> with some geniuses behind it. But uh, if you're into kind of a show where the it, it's purposely making fun of the characters, uh, it might be something you're into. Awesome. 
Um, yeah, when I made my, well, I only lasted two episodes. So yeah, you had a two, uh, tell me more about that. Sure. So, um, I think someone, I think I was working at a, a TV production, um, st a student-run TV production company kind of thing. It's, it's organization, I should say, not a company. But <laughs> one day, our executive, Jesus, look, positions were in this job are weird. I think he was like the technical, I don't remember, like production mm -hmm. manager or something. He just said, I have an idea for a show. It's going to star you. Uh, you're going to be awkward and you're going to do awkward things. And, and I said, well, all right, sure, we'll do it. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but then I, I, I think by episode two, I pretty much took it over and I was the, I was the executive producer. I was a producer. I was the star. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, we were basically aping off of Curb. Very, we, we, we intentionally aped off of Curb. It's just, it's going to be improvised. We're just going to like have the scenarios plotted out. But, um, What's funny though is that the first episode was me. Oh, I my everyone else is weird, but I'm okay. Although in the end, I do kind of do a pretty douchey thing that I start arguing with somebody because I'm just thinking about um, the blue waffle. <laughs> um, but um, in the second episode, it's just oh, there's a drug dealer and he gave me a box. I should carry the box. Should I hold the box? I don't. I don't even know. I don't even know. But the third episode was the first one when I was actually going to be an asshole character where mm -hmm. I think there's going to be something called the Happiness Club on campus. And I'm the only one who hates it. Like, I'm the only one who's advocating. They're lying to you. They're trying to, like, they're, they're just, like, saying pleasantries. They're not saying anything at all. It's, like, empty speech. But everybody thinks I'm an asshole for be, doing this. And I, uh, that's the only one I really wish I actually got to produce um, because I think... Let's see. We needed about twenty shots. We only got three completed for that. Oh no! For that one, and that's when I—that's the first time I realized. Okay, I mean, I, I'm in a university where no one actually does film, so mm -hmm. people aren't going to understand how important this is for me and for all the other people. Because I mean, I, 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 I've gotten some good reception. I got a good reception from the first Dark with RLA. I'm surprised. I actually watched it like recently, and I thought it's still good. It's still like kind of lazily shot. Like the last five minutes are just like a still shot, a long take. Mm -hmm. um, but then I remember the rehearsals I made with my, with the act the actor I played I played opposite of, and I thought, no, we did we did a good job. I, I think even if it's the shot is it's lazy, I still think it's funny though. But this one was gonna be like the ambitious one. This is the one. Okay, this is why this will prove that I can direct things. And then it turned out. No one really cares. <laughs> I needed like 20 people for one scene. Three people showed up. So that's the that's the thing about independent filmmaking, and I mean real independent filmmaking. Not uh, we just got uh, Brie Larson to be in our tiny movie, and then it becomes a movie that everybody's going to see. Yeah. Uh, um, not to throw any shade at Brie Larson. She's wonderful and one of my favorite actors. She's, yeah. she's amazing. Um, but uh, a real independent filmmaking where you're basically paying everything out of pocket and there's mm. no budget. Um, the It's more easy to do than ever before. You can make a movie with the camera on your phone. Right. Uh, and it's so much more ubiquitous. But it's still an incredibly hard thing to pull off. To schedule everybody to... I mean, to do anything that's not just you and in front of your camera and doing a vlog talking about someone else's content. Yeah, and I say that as someone who has a podcast, which is all that that's all it is. It's just me talking about someone else's content, <laughs> um, which obviously that has a place and it's, it's very popular with like let's plays on there or even like the stupid fucking taste tests that come out and that are super popular online. Mm -hmm. uh, some of which I've shot, uh, <laughs> but um the, the to re, to really make something that's uh, kind of an original content, uh, it's its own narrative. It's not just a review or a critique or something of uh, or an analysis of something of something else that's already been made. It's right. uh, I think the most exciting thing you can do as a as an artist as a filmmaker, but also it's a lot more difficult to make that happen because I think the at least for me my struggle comes in. Uh, I, I, I love writing, but I hate writing and it's the <laughs> hardest thing to do. And oh, it's yeah. so easy to see in the writing process. This isn't good enough yet to shoot. Yeah. And then that kind of like forces you not to shoot anything, but you kind of need to shoot stuff in order to get better. Exactly. So I, that kind of, I don't know if that really answered, I don't think you even had a question, but <laughs> that was, 
a weird rail observation thought, and that's this is where we ended up. So there we go. No, I, I agree with everything you're saying, and that's the kind of the mental um, exercise I've had to make myself. I like my, my my projects are now like small scale. Like there is like a big long term screenplay I'm working. I can't say working on because I haven't wrote anything in two years. But there's right. like two like shorts that I've been working on, and I'm really serious about them. I want them. I want to pro- want to produce it, but uh, this time isn't there yet. I don't think I could make it here. I, I, which I could, but I would have to give up absolutely everything to do it, including my studies. And I'm not doing that. Not doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, not not if you're getting something out of your studies. If you're not then do as much as you can outside of school. <laughs> but if you're actually getting something from... Like, that's that's my advice, because I went to a film school, yeah. uh, Columbia College, Chicago, that uh, wasn't great. Like, I had... I made a lot of shit, but most of that stuff was, like, the Windy City and other projects that I made outside of school. And sure, I learned some stuff, but I learned way more about filmmaking after making my own stuff yeah. and coming out to Los Angeles and being on real film sets. And uh, also just, strangely enough... There are podcasts that you can listen to that are way more informative about script writing or Ooh. filmmaking than a lot of college classes. Oh, very cool. It's yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what school you're going to. Oh, I'm going to Case Western Reserve University. I have. I know nothing. I assume it's a great school. <laughs> so stay in school. Learn as much as you possibly can. Uh, I guess in that in the in your spare time, just focus on writing or whatever you want to do. I, I'm taking the creative writing class, so I will have some time to, to do that. And it's my last semester as well, so woo! Right, yeah, I mean, if it's your, I mean, you got plenty of time to start, you know, making more stuff once college ends. Like, oh, definitely. You don't have to get it like that's what your main focus should be. Now this has become a weird advice portion of the podcast. <laughs> when are we? When are we going to talk about Sonic the Hedgehog? Because I, I am, I'm craving a little bit of Sonic. You want to talk about Sonic? We're going to talk about Sonic after right. the break. I couldn't think of a perfect, more better song to bring us back in. Um, actually, well, maybe that's a weird thing to say because we're going to start talking about Sonic right now, aren't we? Uh, yeah, I could. <laughs> I guess we could have picked a Sonic song, but uh, really, that should have started the episode. But then we talked. Actually, no, it makes sense because at the beginning of the show, I talked about your theme song, which we just listened to. Yeah. And then we did Tom Hanks. We just oh, listened yeah, to that. that, that I mean, there you go. See, that's why you're doing a podcast because you're the professional and you got your shit together. <laughs> yes, I'm the professional. I have my shit together. Uh, but uh, no, I bring up Sonic the Hedgehog because uh, you had an episode. I think it was. Re- I don't know when this will come out, but it was relatively recently. I listened to it where you talked about Sonic the Black Knight. Yeah. Not to go over that episode again because I'm sure your listeners did listen to that. Uh, so we don't want to do any redundancies. But um, I don't know Sonic. Uh, well, what you seem to like Sonic. You seem to be a big fan of of. Of his current incarnation, I don't know. What, what's your opinion on Sonic? Oh, okay. I wouldn't say I'm a fan of his current. I like I like his voice actor is probably the best voice voice actor Sonic's ever had. Definitely, he feels like he has a bit more charisma and personality than, than he has before. Um, Jaleel White. Pardon? Jaleel White, you mean? No, no, not Jaleel White. Although I'd have a. Oh I come ha- on, man! I have a soft spot for Jaleel White. <laughs> <laughs> That's no good. That's no good. Um, My terrible Julia White impression. <laughs> I, I tried. <laughs> no, okay, okay, okay. You go, you, when did you start? When did? Because I, I like Sonic, but uh, I, I haven't really. I kind of explained it before we started recording. 
I don't really play video games, at least new video games that often. I don't have the time for it Absolutely, um, yeah. so much, but uh, I grew up with Sonic, loved him, but the transition to 3D was kind of... Uh, it started to go off the rails. Absolutely. And I can't say I'm really a big fan of new Sonic stuff pretty much at all. I, I, so, how about you? I get that. Um, because it's funny, though. I recorded an episode all about Sonic, I think almost to no, a year and a half ago, and we praised Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, and I played it <gasps> recently. Yes, the best game ever. <laughs> I mean, it's no. fun. But and I also... No, I mean... Yeah, go ahead. The, the, go the, ahead. Sa- the same way you defended uh, Sonic the Black Knight <laughs> for being not a good game, but <laughs> you still enjoy it, that's how I feel about Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. I think it's incredibly fun i it was a a great part of uh, i wasn't really a kid back then but uh uh i was in enough of i was enough of an adult that i should have liked this gameplay is kind of eh, right. but uh, i don't think i was but this parts that are great are so great and right. i just i just love it it's great yeah see uh, but i i started this i played it with my brother recently while i was in uh having um taking a break from from school well from summer school well from the lack of summer school that's a whole other can of worms i don't want to open them right now because i don't want my school to sue me <laughs> but yeah. anyway, i was back home and we were just trying to do like missions and i thought oh i played i've played this game it's probably like muscle memory i can probably do it like easily and i don't know i i don't think there was this many glitches in the original gamecube version because in the steam mm-hmm. version like, I like I feel like I would do things and then I would like shoot off in the other direction or, and the weirdest thing that happened and there's a video of this because we couldn't believe it and we actually lined up the video with um, uh, Johnny Be Good by Chuck Berry. Yeah. Like Shadow was at the top of the of the bridge like in the opening of Radical Highway and we'll include gameplay footage <laughs> for those who don't know in the description. He started fucking like he was still in his grind position. But he was floating above it. I don't. That is. Yeah, the game was the game wasn't that glitchy on that, uh, the DreamWorks. No, World, definitely or, not. Uh, the the, uh, the Dreamcast in the game. Definitely too. not. That is no just way. Mind fucking mind blowing to see that. And I just like I had that like that epiphany. Was I wrong about everything that I've ever thought about <laughs> in my life? And I think no, it has to just be the Steam port because I screwed up in ways that I I could like. Like Green Forest, one of my all-time favorite levels. I can A plus that all day, every day. And then I would do things. Great that game, did. great level. I love it. But then sometimes I would just like fly off, like and like like I'd go too fast or something, like on the half pipe, like um, jungle section. It's like I didn't do that. I didn't do that. Why did that happen? And it's that I also know for sure that because I, I think we did play at the mech session sec- sections, and again, same thing. Of I don't remember the game being this this bad well that's the that's the thing uh once they get away from the sonic shadow stages the game is oh this is the boring part uh, yeah the tails and the egg mech it's like this is dumb i don't want to shoot right uh it's just like gamma's levels which were fine but not what i wanted from a sonic game Definitely. and then the the treasure hunting sometimes it's okay sometimes it's really boring Right. And I think that's one of the biggest problems with Sonic even today. I hope that with the newest Sonic games that are coming out, they're going to be more focused. Sonic the Sonic team likes to experiment a lot with Sonic, and I don't see why. The most... Okay, well, not Sonic Boom Rise of Later, because that wasn't produced by Sonic Team, but that was quite a disaster. But Sonic Lost World, which actually was produced by Sonic Team, they had so many ideas thrown into that game that it, it just... I feel like they lost focus and felt like... Sonic's movement just like I know I know it was supposed to be slower so that you know more people could get used to his movement but it still felt wrong like it didn't feel natural like it felt like the run button like it felt like his running speed was too slow and and this the levels felt like too huge for their own good it felt like you were just like like covering a lot of ground even though this could be like way smaller and then you wouldn't even notice how bare bones everything was and then there's like some infuriating levels. Have you have you seen gameplay footage of Sonic Lost World? I don't think so. I I I've, I'm so unfamiliar with new current Sonic. Like I knew I, Sonic Boom was the one where they did those crazy redesigns. Yeah. Which I guess I'm happy that they're trying new things, but you're telling me that it's terrible whenever they try new things. So not terrible, but I think that they're losing the point. 
And mm-hmm. they think in Sonic Boom, the biggest problem... Well, the TV show is supposed to be okay. I've actually, I actually do like the TV show. Um, but the video game, it's just that it should, should not have been released. Simple as that. And <laughs> there really, there's not really much personality beyond the four main characters. Um, but like in Sonic Lost World, there was like one section I absolutely fucking hated. Could not stand doing it. Told my brother, you're doing this. I'm not doing this. There's a section where you have to, you're forcibly enclosed in the snowball. And you have to, it's like a bowling, it's like the bowling pin thing from like Super Mario Galaxy 2. But you have very little mm-hmm. control over the over the snowball, and you would just create. And then like there'd be like some platforms that are so narrow, it's like I'm gonna fall, I'm gonna fall, and I fell. Great, I fell again. Great, and it's like so, just just Sonic Generation, Sonic Colors. They had nice solid gameplay. Just do that. Just do that. Maybe slow, slow Sonic down a little bit. Don't just throw like all these ideas and lose sight of who the character is. Like just I don't know. I I think with. Uh, I'm- fundamental problem if i can be philosophical for a moment i think a (laughs) fundamental problem with sonic the hedgehog is that he was a character spawned out of a reaction Mm -hmm. uh that uh you know nintendo had capitalized the market there mario was their uh flagship and sega was like we need to come up with a mascot and a voice that you know is a reaction to nintendo and like has its own energy and basically they went with like oh let's make him a bad boy and everything <laughs> it's all about going fast and having attitude and that's such a 90s thing absolutely uh, and it doesn't really hold up because the, the same way that um dreamworks animation started off with shrek and like there it was kind of just this movie and maybe even a studio that was built on this uh negative reaction to disney it's like oh we don't want to be disney we're just the Mm anti-disney and anytime you kind of create the anti something as your uh platform or as your foundation your platform your identity it kind of becomes just it's almost like a cynical place and like i i think the first shrek movie is a lot of fun and i obviously love the first some of the genesis sonic games and some of the the later games but it's sort of like in the dna it's just sort of like without the other thing I'm reacting to. Right. I'm hollow. That's true. And obviously, like, Sonic and... or or Sega and Nintendo don't have that same relationship anymore. So I feel like Sonic doesn't have the same identity because he's not the edge to Mario anymore. That's fucking Kratos from Game of... or from uh, God of War (laughs) or something. Uh, So Sonic, just as as a creation, like... I mean, it makes sense that they're trying everything but the kitchen sink with him because, like, they don't have... There's, like, no center point outside of, like, oh, he's a character with fast gameplay. Right. And, I guess, 90s attitude. Like, he just... When you take that out of the context of it was... From which it was built, it's just kind of lame. Yeah. And, I don't know. It, it, It makes sense that they're grasping at straws or trying anything to make it cool again, but it's just not working. I think so. Um... Incidentally, and I feel like this is maybe this maybe is a big reaction because I think that the the reaction to Sonic Boom Rise of Lyric was unanimously terrible. They're making a new classic Sonic game called Sonic Mania. They, haven't they done that enough time? Like, what about Sonic Generations and Sonic Episode Four or oh, whatever okay. that came out? Well, Episode Four was. I, the, I feel. Go ahead. I feel like they've gone back to the well many times. Yeah. it's never caught on fire. I think this is the one that's going to do it, though, because it's it is like a, it is an established developer, Christian Whitehead, who developed the iPhone ports of Sonic One, Sonic Two, and Sonic CD. I feel like this is going to be the one. Well, I mean, I enjoy Generations and Colors; those were all great games. But for the people who love, who just I just want to play a two D Sonic game, and that's it. This is going this is going to probably fill up their quota. Um, but yeah, everything you said about Sonic, it's absolutely true. And it, it does make me kind of fear for the future a little bit because he's already 25 and people are kind of just like, I mean, it didn't help that his live stream alone was also pretty, the, the live stream of his 25th anniversary party or something was also, was terrible as well. It's, they live streamed a, a fictional character's birthday party? <laughs> there is at the House of Blues, like they had, um, that's, what they, that's what they announced. Of the, course. <laughs> that's what, oh, I did <laughs> I just got that. Um, <laughs> um, I, I, I'm, I'm optimistic. I, 
I, I the, see he, the the reason I did my Black Knight episode was because I saw I, I watched the game Grumps. They do a let's play. Um, they did a let's play of Black Knight, and they were just screaming at the game the entire time. And I know the game's bad. Like I'm not denying for a second the game's bad, but I felt like there's nobody can just talk about a game about why it's structurally flawed. They have to just yell at it, or they have to say, you guys are stupid for doing this. No, that's not... we got to be constructive about this. Like, we got to figure out right, where did right. go wrong. I mean, we can... But yell- the, uh, I don't know. The, vi- the, the violence reaction to it, that's what gets uh, the views. That's what gets it, the exciting. The polarization the of it. Exactly. Um, I mean, the, I think the other big thing about... I mean, the main problem with Sonic today is that the games suck, obviously. Yeah. But a huge part of it is, like, kind of a gross fan base when you get too deep into oh, it. Absolutely. No, no, I'm not denying that for a second. My um, uh, guest I've had before, Zach, he told me about, I didn't even know this was a thing. And now I'm telling you. So now, unfortunately, you're going to know this is a thing. There's Shadow Shrek fan art. Not not a uh, crossover I was expecting. Although nope. it makes sense with what I was saying earlier about DreamWorks and Sega <laughs> having a similar uh, fundamental <laughs> exactly. DNA reaction. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, sorry. That was a, a phone call from a potential client. So you, maybe you should answer. No, that. no, 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 no. I, I'm gonna make him wait because this podcast is more important. <laughs> We're talking about Sonic the Hedgehog, Shadow the Hedgehog, screwing Shrek, Yogurt. Um, sh- I will say that I think uh, in a similar style, uh, I think the Donkey Kong Country series made a much better return to form than Sonic has ever done Uh, with uh, the Retro Studios releases. Um, I have not played much of the of Tropical Freeze, which is supposed to be the even better one, but I thought Returns was a lot of fun, too. Oh, I love the Returns. But it was just um, (laughs) very, I mean, appropriately difficult for for being a Donkey Kong game. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's definitely hard. Uh, But I'm I kind of like that, so I was down for it. I do right. like this. Uh, sorry. No, you're good. You're good. Go I ahead. did really, I did really like your uh, portrait of Larry David, though. You, <laughs> you said you painted that. I did. I I painted that in in high school. It's it's wonderful. I love it. Thank you. Um, I don't know why I decided to make half of his face like you know like skin color, then the ha- the other half like flesh tone. That's a little creepy. I don't know, it kind of looks like the one, uh, have you ever seen, um, the, uh, the John Carpenter movie, They Live? I haven't seen that, actually. Fantastic film. Uh, you're probably familiar with some of the imagery, though, but it's yes. where you put on, uh, the sunglasses and they show you re- the reality, uh, yes. of how the world's really black and white and how some people are, like, these weird, skinless alien creatures. <laughs> and for me, I don't know, your Larry David portrait is like, one <laughs> half is Larry David, the other half is... The secret evil alien skin lizard creature, <laughs> which sounds about right for Larry David. <laughs> uh, wow, I've never had a chance to talk about this painting actually. So, um, I think this is the first project we had our senior year in high school. We would just have to like just had create this portfolio of work. I think my for for me it was uh, I think it was just I was thinking drawing and painting three. So it was just. Um, like just six paintings or something, and then everyone else who was taking AP drawing and painting, they had to do like twelve works, and they had to submit a portfolio for colleges. Mm-hmm. So, I wanted to. Be, uh, this is supposed to be a self-portrait of ourselves, or of, of okay. your inner self, or something like that. And I was watching a lot of Curb Enthusiasm at the time. Although I still think, well, okay, I'm just feeling a little naive, and now that I'm projecting this publicly, it's going to be incredibly naive for me to say oh, I am Larry David. No, I'm not. I'm not even close to Larry David. But I relate to him a lot. I will say that as much. There's a little Larry inside all of, all of us. So. <laughs> yeah. As a matter of fact, this the face of Larry, I got it from the season five um, poster. That fantastic poster of Larry, like with his puzzled expression, and then there's like a bunch of Larrys like right behind him. Have you seen this image? Yes. Yeah. Actually, that I, I could totally see how you use the that as your framework too. It's just I love that. I love that image. It really speaks to me and. Um, so that was the baseline. I try to figure out because there's a lot of empty space behind his head, and I just thought, oh, even though he's floating, this is kind of 
like Magritte. Actually, okay, that's a that's a high claim to say this is like Magritte. But I was just thinking that the, there's a banana behind it, but it's actually a smushed banana. <laughs> so it's kind of like he landed in the sky on a banana, or is I don't I don't know what that's about. But on the right side, it's actually um, the cloud from Toy Story. Ah, uh, yes, that's that's that actually I can totally see that. And then <laughs> what's this uh, like toilet paper roll in front of him? <laughs> that was actually the most intriguing part of the whole thing because I, in this class I had the best professor, Miss um, Hall. I oh, love her to death. She gave me the leeway to do whatever I wanted. Like, this is on the canvas, but I just had this idea of, okay, I'll just... That's actually going to be, like, pictures of my face or, like, these different portraits of my face, um, but, like, in these different expressions. I haven't actually seen that particular image in a long time. I think I have it saved somewhere. Um, but if you unroll that, you can see my faces. that are ah, hidden beneath okay. the exterior of a puzzled uh, Larry David. That makes sense. So, guy, it's a great image. If you want to check it out, just find uh, Arlie on Skype, and you can see it. <laughs> 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 Actually, I have not seen... I'm gonna Because I, I actually do have an art portfolio, like an art portfolio website. I need to... F- fuck, what is the link to that? Because it's been a long time since I've looked at it. Because that, that actually has the full picture. So people can look at that rather than searching my Skype information. Perfect, there you go. Um, but speaking of Larry David, because um, we got a little bit of time, um, yeah, I, I think I kind of hit on a little bit before about how, I mean, yeah, Cruise Control as a Tom Cruise podcast, it could definitely work. For some reason, though, I I didn't, um, and I don't mean to reiterate myself, I'm just trying to move into the main next point, celebrity culture. Now, I've had a, like I could say for sure, and Tom Hanks will never listen to this, but I love Tom Hanks. A lot of people love him, and he's the only person who I feel like, oh, and then oh, let me check up on what Tom Hanks is doing. But I still don't quite understand why other people do that for other people. Or what like is the, it? Like the, the tabloids and whatnot, and yeah. all the, the OK Magazine and the... Not glamour, but uh, I don't... See, I don't read this shit either, <laughs> so I, I am not that familiar with it. But... I mean, well, do you follow people on Twitter, like celebrities that you like? Oh yeah, definitely. Like, I follow. Well, like, that's kind of that's kind of the same thing, don't you think? That, see, that's the thing. That's why that's why I'm trying to figure out why am I suddenly starting to get more into that kind of thing? But before, I was like, no, I, I I'm better than that. I'm above people. I don't idolize people like that, even though I totally do. I just I'm just not open about it. Hmm. Uh. Well, I think we idolize. Well, I mean, it, it helps to idolize people. I think it's a very human thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's we can't idolize the people around us because that would be weird. Like, <laughs> oh, I, 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 you're my best friend and I admire you. But you can't because you know all their shit because you know them personally. Uh, right. And also, if you just really did admire someone, it's kind of like you would feel so unequal to them that uh, it just becomes like, how can you even be friends with this person? They're so great. Uh, so, I, but I think it's human to and and to make it a positive thing. I, I think it emulates from the fact that we want people to look up to, uh, and obviously we do that with fictional characters all the time. But, oh, definitely. Um, we do we do it with real people too. Uh, Theoret, you know, we want role models. Even as adults, we look to people. I, obviously, I think it gets perverted with uh, how often we're looking at like the Kardashians and all that crap. Like, right. I don't think we, I don't think anyone's thinking of them as role models at that point. But I right. think it comes from the same place. It's like, it's same way. Like, America doesn't have a royal family, but like movie stars kind of take huh. that place where it's like, oh, we want to know what the 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 people with all the money in the world are doing. With yeah, you know, what? How do they spend their times? Because you know. Most people are like, I wish I had more money. I wish I had, I was famous and whatnot. Right. So, so it's indulgent to look at other people who are famous and have money and have all the power. What do they do? What kind of sex scandals do they end up in? <laughs> and then we have this weird, and we're at this really weird point in culture where, and you can see it heavily in politics, uh, which Absolutely. is the only point I'll make on that. But uh, where it's so much about. Um, it's be you know everything has become reality TV. It's like we're we're fueling Absolutely. 
we're narr- and the news has become so narrativized that we're only interested in the story and how you know it's not i'm not trying to say that we're getting away from the facts trying trying to be a conspiracy guy mm-hmm. but uh the like a scandal is more important than a legitimate intelligent healthy right uh statement right um to go back to tom hanks for a second <laughs> he's a guy who who kind of uh, actively stays out of the public eye as much as possible. When he is in the public eye, he's he's very nice and cordial, but he's not. He's a very private person with his, his personal life. Yeah. Um. And so he kind of like chooses to avoid that. But I think that it's great that he's still such a, a revered uh, talent. Uh, but not because he indulges in the the media frenzy, but because mm-hmm. he we all respect him as a as a human being and his work. Uh, right. Does that make any sense? I feel like I, I've, I've been talking nonsense. No, no, I uh, absolutely, I definitely agree. Um, Tom Hanks is an interesting case because not, I don't think a lot of people know that he's a producer. Like, he has his own production company called Playtone, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I'm sure they don't also think about, like, there's probably been a lot of things that he's, I don't remember the story 100%, but, you know, Band of Brothers was produced by his company, a uh, production company, um, uh, mm-hmm. blah, 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 what is it? The Pacific. And yeah, no, nobody like sometimes when you're when you have a public figure or you have a certain vision of a public figure, you get this impression of them. And definitely Tom Hanks is like one of the most relatable of of anybody. But you don't think, oh, he's also like this this huge workhorse um, who does all of these different things. And he's like sometimes on like he sometimes does a he, like the funniest thing he did recently. And I actually I don't like Carly Rae Jepsen that much. Um, her music, I should say, not her, her as a person. But he was in a Carly Rae Jepsen video, and it was awesome. <gasps> I love that video. Awesome. I love that song. Can yeah. I change my... I want this, the episode to end with that song. <laughs> That's yeah, so much better. Sure. Can, do, you know what, do you know what the song's called? It's called... Uh, I, I really, 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 really like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I love that song. I think he's... It's funny because he's like totally... It's not that he's half-assing it because I think it's intentional, but like he's so not getting the words right in the yeah. uh, in the video. Yeah, it's so much fun. No, I love that video. I sing it at karaoke. <laughs> it's so much fun. That's a great song. That's the way to close out the show. Right. Um, but yeah. yeah. No, you're right. Like when he when he does even these small things, they're so much fun, and he brings so much joy with them. Like anytime he's on a talk show appearance, like uh, it's great now because all my friends know I'm such a big Tom Hanks nerd that yeah. I'll get like. The seven of the same uh, video posted to my Facebook wall and whatnot, <laughs> but it's like it's always enjoyable because it's like oh he's with James Gordon and they're doing all of his movies or he's with Stephen Colbert and they're figuring out the the big questions in life. Oh, I it's love that. Oh, that's might be one of my favorite like late uh, late show segments with Colbert so mm-hmm. far. Oh, that was so good. And and I think that's great. Like uh, obviously we. I think we spend too much time indulging in the celebrity culture of uh, negative celebrities. I think mm-hmm. it's because it's exciting to be like, oh, look at how stupid these right. these people are. I'm so much smarter. And <laughs> while that's like, it's it, it can be a fun feeling. It's kind of a, it's built on a negative feeling where it's right. like, when you see someone like Tom Hanks, it's like, oh, he's just fun and this is great. And we're all building a positive environment. And I, I don't know, I think we don't spend enough time Focusing on the positivity, definitely. Uh, in general, probably never have, but uh, <laughs> certainly right now. Um, even though I feel like the world has gotten to be a better place than it's ever been, mm-hmm. despite the negative PR that the world has been getting lately. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's important to focus on the positive, and uh, I don't know. That's just a tiny little sliver of what I try to do on Tom Thanksgiving. Definitely, um, I definitely think that, and. I'm guilty of this too myself. Sometimes I know that sometimes people feel, but I mean, there's circumstances when I think it's it's uh, it's, it's, it's this is this is I I'm I'm stepping onto my minefield right now. You know, like the the digital mob crowds that happen, like when someone's just outraged about something. I think there is definitely a place for that, but when you just ruin someone's life completely and utterly because they made one mistake, that's when I think it's unacceptable. Um, I know oh, yeah. there's um, the. The trolling that goes on, the mass trolling, is is terrible. That's just uh, I find that completely unacceptable. I 
found out recently, um, I think someone talked about it, about how the developers of No Man's Sky were getting death threats because their game was delayed. That's just, that's just despicable. That's it's like fucking a awful. Level. And like, the, uh, there's a storyboard artist who had to leave Twitter because she was getting death threats for Steven Universe. That's right. It's like, they're making a show that you love so much that you can't handle when they don't exactly cater to your desired version of the show. Exactly. It's a show. It's art. It's supposed to be you're submitting to someone else's vision right. and enjoying that and having a conversation. It's not like you go to McDonald's and be like, I want, I will not buy this movie unless this Disney princess is gay. And I think it's important that we should have characters who are gay or have, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're rapidly increasing our diversity Definitely. behind behind and in front of the camera and representation that's super important. But it's also not something that you can demand from a specific yeah. artist. You yeah. can maybe put that like pressure on and be like, hey, Disney, we would love to see this the film. Stu- but yeah, it can't it, be like, right, it, you have to make Elsa gay because she's gay to me. Even though I think that's a great interpretation of the film. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um it's the, it's just this entitlement that fan culture has, and Absolutely. it's like it's it's become so negative. That's that's uh, entitlement couldn't be a better word for it. It's just becoming more toxic. It's becoming uh, it, that's why I like when I do my when I talk about a specific um, movie or film or um, television show, I want to be I want to be fair about what I'm talking about. I don't want to just say, oh, this is the worst thing ever because it's the worst thing because that doesn't say anything about anything. You could say that about... No, it's boring. Everybody's, everything. everybody's heard that opinion before too. And it's exactly. like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. See, that's why, like, I'm actually going to do a half episode. Uh, that's why I like to call my mini episodes are half episodes. My, I'm going to do a half episode <laughs> on Undertale and I know the internet's beaten that to death. So I'm going to do, t- I'm going to talk about what, what how the, the game affected me personally and I'm going to share the music because that's more interesting than just saying like because people have deconstructed this game upwards and backwards backwards and forwards mm-hmm. i should say <laughs> i was just thinking of the reference from the simpsons we're going to go forwards not backwards we're going to go upwards not forwards and going to go twirling <laughs> twirling twirling towards freedom <laughs> excellent um and i think that maybe what we consider a celebrity culture at least the negative aspects of it or mostly the negative aspect of it because we do kind of try to feed it feed off the oh they're suffering and i don't really like them so that's great that they're suffering like there's like some let's play channels um and i actually got to talk to um uh, eric helwig um who's uh, who is a youtuber and, uh, and we talked about how you know that can really get to you after a while like getting all these negative comments all the time uh, he's, 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 he's strong though. He's been able to persevere, but there's like, like someone who has a 3 million subscribers and just imagine like 10% of those 3 million sending negative comments all the time. That really gets to you. And you, you forget that this is a person that you're talking about. This isn't just a figure. This isn't a public figure. It's a person. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, back when I was making videos at Buzzfeed, like we'd get that kind of shit all the time. It's ridiculous. The amount of just asinine and but uh, specifically uh, vitriolic comment you'll get. And it's like, what, why? What, what is there? There's some sort of perspective behind these people that they think it doesn't matter. They think they're entitled, like going back to that, they think they're entitled to, you know, scream their opinion. And like, I guess they are, but it, they don't realize I, I'm just, re- I'm doing that podcast thing now where I'm just repeating exactly what you said. I apologize. <laughs> But you're, you're, you're absolutely right, though. They, there is a real person behind that, and it sucks. Definitely. Uh, uh, Elvis, thank you so much for coming on the show. Absolutely. Uh, thanks for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Should I do plug where my Twitter is and shit like that, or no? Go ahead. Um, yeah, go ahead. Where can people find you? You can find me uh, online. My uh, Twitter is at Elvis Kunish. That's E-L-V-I-S-K-U-N-E-S-H. I'm there. Uh, I'm on Instagram, the same name. Uh, or I post a bunch of, you know, fun pictures of me. Who doesn't want to look at Elvis, right? <laughs> but uh, more importantly, follow Tom Hanks Pod um, on Twitter. And, of course, check us out. Tom Hanks Giving. We're on iTunes. Uh, and we'll be there every Tuesday for you. Very cool. Um, right, so, 
Jeez. Oh, and SpotStudios.com if you want to check out some of my <laughs> uh, my video stuff. Uh, that's that's where to go. I'm a or little... YouTube.com slash SpotStudios. <laughs> I've got a little bit of free time before I start school, so maybe I'll check your stuff out. Yeah, let me know what you think of the Windy City. <laughs> Definitely. Um, right, so taking this out today is how many releases are there in I Really, Really Like You? Is it just how many releases are there in? There's at least four. four. I know that. Okay, four releases. Okay. I really, 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 really... Like really you. like you. That might that might have been five, but there's a lot of reallys because we really like uh, this song and we really like Tom Hanks. <laughs> Take us out today is I really 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 like you by Carly Rae Jepsen. Woo! <laughs> so, you can... <laughs> Excuse me, that was really funny. As always, you can find our podcast at randomchatterings.weebly.com. You can find us on Twitter at our Twitter handle at ranchatpodcast. You can email us at ranchatpodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or Blueberry by searching Random Chatterings, a silly podcast from silly people. And our question of the week is, what is your favorite Tom Hanks movie? Ooh, good one. Uh, Did you, actually, did you mention what your favorite Tom Hanks movie was? Well, uh, favorite is so hard to narrow down that, that that hashtag seven favorite films went around. So I, I made one for seven favorite Hanks. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll give you a, a seven-way tie uh, for Toy Story, Toy Story 2, A League of Their Own, Big, That Thing You Do, Catch Me If You Can, and The Burbs. Nice. Those are my favorite Hanks. Very nice. What about you? you? You said Toy Story. Anybody else? Uh, God damn. Um, God. Catch Me the Can is the only one that really comes up. But I know there's been other movies, Tom Hanks movies I've seen. I wouldn't say he's my favorite actor if I haven't seen other movies by him. That would, make, right. that would be a, I would be a liar if I said that. Probably Mazes and Monsters. We'll call it, we'll call it there. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of the League. Uh, however great a League of Their Own is, I really want to check out Rotor Perdition. So good. So it's, it's so close to my top, but uh, for some reason didn't make it in. It probably right. should be in there. <laughs> Uh, I want to check out Charlie Wilson's War, actually. I heard good things about that. Oh, and The Hall Again for the King was the most recent one I really want to check out. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. So there's, there's plenty of favorite Tom Hanks movies. I, I'm sorry. I keep derailing. You're trying to end your podcast. That's fine. It's fine. Um, <laughs> uh, Tell us what your favorite Tom Hanks movie is. That's what we want to know. Exactly. And uh, tweet at us if you can. And because uh, we'd really like, we'd really like to know. I mean, that's why we do this question of the week portion anyway. You know, because we want we want to know what you think. <laughs> All right, take care, everybody. Woo! Everything you say is a sweet revelation All I want to do is get into your head That we could stay alone, you and me and the temptation Sipping on your lips, hanging on my bread, baby Tom Hanks is an interesting case uh, because <coughs> <coughs> It causes lung disease Because lung disease